Today we're talking to someone who is a digital marketing expert. He's based in Perth, Western Australia. He's an absolute boss on Snapchat and he shares with us how he took that step, put his fear behind him and started a business of his very own. And by the way, he's absolutely smashing it. Thank you to everybody who's listening in right around the world. Really, really appreciate it. And we've got a big interview for you today, guys. Really pumped about this one. We're talking to a guy, like I mentioned at the top of the show, who's a digital marketing expert. And in this day and age, it is definitely important to have an idea on what digital marketing is, what it can do for your business, and just how much fun it is. Really, it can become a hobby. Digital marketing is so much fun. It's online, it's social media, it's producing awesome, valuable content. We consume it every single day, and this particular guest really knows his stuff. Thanks for tuning in again. Really appreciate it, guys. We are now being listened to this podcast in over 17 countries around the world. So a big, big thank you to each and every person who tunes in to this podcast. Really do appreciate it. Can't do it without you guys. And it is all for you, the listener. And a little bit for me because I absolutely love interviewing the awesome guests that we get on the show. All right, that's enough from me. Let's jump straight into the interview with Paul Ramondo from paulramondo.com. All right, guys, so today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. We are talking to Paul Ramondo, who is an advanced digital marketing strategies guru, and we've got him on the show today. It's awesome to have him on board. How are you, Paul? Oh, I'm doing very well, Anthony. How are you? Absolutely fantastic, mate. Now, um, we've got a bit going on here tonight. This is the first time that uh, we're recording a podcast interview, and we're live streaming it at the same time, so... Let's see how this goes. Some live, live repurposing right there. That's it. That's it. It's all about the content, mate. Awesome. All right. So, Paul, I'm going to launch into the first question, mate. And uh, the first question that I do ask all the guests on the show is, what did you always want to be when you grew up? What did I want to be when I grew up? I, uh, when I was a kid, I remember um, my parents uh, taking me on my first ever flight when I was like six years old. And... Uh, from the second I knew that I was going on a plane, I was like, oh, this is the most excited little kid ever. And, um, you know, after my first ever flight, uh, I was like, I'm going to become a pilot. And that was the uh, the big, hairy, audacious goal from uh, from the age of six. That was the dream, hey? That was the dream. Until until I, uh, <laughs> until I turned 15 and realized that uh, maths and physics are not really my forte and uh oh. that kind of uh crushed that dream reality reality <laughs> kind of sunk in and uh was like you know what maybe i'm not going to become a pilot maybe it just it's not meant to be that's it but you know what like what i do now like i fly a lot um for work and i love fly i, I love flying i love the idea of travel or well, not the idea i love the idea of flying i love travel um so i get to kind of like tick that kind of little childhood uh, dream or goal off in, in a different way than I initially anticipated when I was younger. Yeah, nice. So let's talk about Paul Ramundo before, uh, before paulramundo.com happened. So after school, 
were you always thinking about running your own business or were you working for the man beforehand? Run us through that sort of before Paul Ramundo started. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I've always, um, I always think that I've kind of hedged towards um, being entrepreneurial yeah. um, and wanting to like run my own business was always something that I kind of had in the back of my mind when I was like around the age of like, you know, post, post high school, 17, 18. I was like, you know what, one day it would it'd be kind of cool to do my own thing. Um, but I just wasn't ready at that stage of my life. Um, before, um, yeah, I guess before the brand, before what I'm doing now, I was, uh, I was in uni. So I went, um, initially went to, uh, the university or I did, I went to the university of Western Australia. And, uh, when I started there, I, uh, was really just set on becoming an accountant of all things. Uh, and that was kind of fueled by the fact that, you know, I did did quite well in accounting in high school and I also did quite well in economics and I enjoyed the subjects yep. and I was like, you know what? I'm going to become an accountant. I'm going to, you know, I was like awesome. very, very immature. And I was like, I'm going to <laughs> get a six figure salary by 26 and become an accountant. It's going to be awesome. And then reality set in and I was not going to do the accounting thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be living the dream, mate. Oh, mate, I just, uh, you know, no disrespect to accountants, but it's not really uh, conducive to my personality or um, just anything that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, hey, no, fair enough. Shout out to all the accountants watching. If that's what you love, guys, respect. big thumbs up. That's right, that's right. Um, awesome stuff. So, um, uni, accounting, didn't quite work out. When did Paul Ramundo, when did Ramundo Media start? Like, how did it all, when did the, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing, run my own business, how did you, did you just fall into it? Was it a lot of work to get started? Where did the idea come from? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, for sure. It was a little, like a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like, when I started um, my professional career, which was, uh, I guess, properly maybe five or so plus years ago when I was working for other people. Yeah. Um, I always had the ambition of kind of, you know, maybe one day starting my own agency, a digital marketing agency, nice. or, you know, starting a business in consulting related to the, you know, my profession. And um, that kind of led me into starting a small consulting, just just Paul Ramondo um, consulting, yep. uh, maybe three or so, four years ago. Yep. And I was just doing really basic, like social media management consulting whilst I was working full time. Um, how so just how did you get hustle. into that? Sorry to cut you off. How did you get into that consulting okay. side of things? Like, what what did you do to start consulting? Because for anybody listening, they're like, yeah, I work a job, but hey, I could do some consulting. But where do you get started? Like, what do you do to become a consultant? I think um, I always... So the first thing was, like, I wanted I wanted to do it. And yep. it was kind of... I would communicate that whether I was, um, you know, just with friends or whether I was, you know, talking to, um, you know, colleagues of mine or people within my network. And um, I think... Like for me, it's just the fact that I wanted to do it and then me just kind of expressing the fact that I wanted to do it to my network and, you know, my key people of influence and my friends um, yep. kind of just led to a word of mouth, me like referral. Uh, you know, one of my colleagues was like, oh, you should uh, hit Paul up. He um he does this stuff professionally, um, but he's, you know, starting his own consulting business. You should have a chat with him. Yeah, nice. Okay. So it is really just, it's about getting out there and doing it like... If you want to, if you want to do something in life, you've got to, got to get out there and do it. it. Doesn't happen while you're sitting on the couch, hey? Hundred percent. And like that was, um, that was kind of like what started it all. Um, it was, you know, I kind of externalized a goal that I had, and you know, like I went to the, went to the, you know, getting a website started, and um, you know, getting my business cards, for my own brand sorted, um, yeah. and you know, made it, made it legit um, because the ultimate goal was to, you know, get a few clients on the side, and I just wanted a bit of extra pocket money. To be honest, I wasn't trying to turn it into anything full time then, um, but you know, just like with all things, uh, 
one thing leads to another and uh, you kind of just snowballed its way into what I'm doing now. Nice. All right, so tell us a bit about what you are doing now. What is uh, Romando Media and paulromando.com? Yeah, so um, there's two facets um, to my business. Uh, yep. The main, the main thing that I'm uh, fully involved in uh, day in and day out is Ramondo Media. Um, yep. So it's a client service, to, client services based digital marketing agency, and um, we service um, everyone from uh, you know hotels um, and restaurants through to uh, sports nutrition um, co- uh, companies through to um, just basic lead gen for smaller businesses as well. Yeah, nice. So that's uh, my client services business, and then PaulRamondo.com is pretty much um, my personal brand. And I teach everyone like advanced digital marketing strategies that drive like insane ROI uh, through my website, which is poorramondo.com. And there's a very complementary relationship between the two of them because I get to test out my own brand, all these new ideas and cool, cool things that I think of, um, you know, from time to time, actually, yep. all the time, realistically, because I'm yeah. just a massive nerd. And um, then I can test it, you know, use myself as a guinea pig. And I'm like, this is going to work, and then it usually works, and then I can apply it and improve the uh, service level that I'm giving my clients um, at Ramondo Media. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So you said uh, Ramondo Media. You said we there. Is it just yourself, or do you have staff, employees, contractors? So I actually, um, I actually just uh, last Tuesday I hired my first full time uh, staff member, which is cool. Nice. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that that's really cool. And it's been uh, it's been awesome um, having. Uh, having a staff member on board, a full-time one. And then I've also got um, a small team of uh, people that I outsource, um, the, the team of contractors that work around me that I can play to their strengths so I can play to my strength yeah, as you know, nice. the operator, but also um, the actual digital strategist and implementing the campaigns. Yeah, nice, nice, awesome. All right, so for everybody watching and uh, big thumbs up to the live feed, we're still going, There's still we've still got viewers, I'm liking it. Um, Tell us a bit about digital marketing. So for anybody that's tuning in, what is your world? What's digital marketing? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of time spent in front of a computer. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's a lot of time spent in front of a, fr- in front of a phone. Um, Most of us like doing that. Right? Yeah, straight up, straight up. And yeah. you know what? That's why digital marketing works, right? Exactly. So I pretty much think of digital marketing as um, you know, the 1960s, Oh, the 2016 version of the Mad Men era from the 1960s. Yep. It's pretty much um, deploying traditional and conventional um, marketing and advertising strategies and theories yep. on a new platform where the eyeballs of uh, today's generation, i.e. you and I, yep. you just said it yourself, uh, are spending our time to basically you know, sell something to them or get them interested in buying something essentially. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, and I think we're all getting to that stage now. Like it's 2016, like digital marketing is everywhere. Like you, you can't, you know, jump onto your phone and check Facebook without seeing some sort of marketing. You can't, you know, send people a Snapchat without having uh, possibly a friend who is using Snapchat as a marketing tool. Like it's all evolving at such a rapid pace. So do you have any like, key areas or key platforms that you focus on with your digital marketing? Yeah, for sure. So I've, um, I work on the majority of platforms, you know, everything from, you know, more older school SEO AdWords through to, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads through to email marketing through to Snapchat marketing. Yep. Um, in terms of my personal favorite, like I, I think I'm okay <laughs> at uh, Facebook ads. Um, I get some pretty baller results um, with the Facebook ad strategies that I deploy. 
Can you um, can you run so, some can you run some numbers like for anybody who's watching or listening right now you can head to paulramundo.com and uh, you can see the numbers for yourself but um, tell us some numbers about about what you've been able to achieve with ROI on Facebook marketing. Yeah, for sure. So I just did um I just published a new a case study yesterday and that case study uh, basically deconstructs um the quarter million dollar launch that I was able to achieve for one of my clients. Uh, that was uh, a few weeks ago. Nice. And basically it was a six, around about a $16,000 Facebook ad spend. Mm-hmm. And we turned that 16, well, I turned that $16,000 ad spend into $250,000 or over $250,000 worth of e-commerce revenue in 32 days. Wow. Purely, <laughs> purely by using, yeah, purely wow. by using Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. <laughs> And and you had fun doing it too, hey? Yeah, I, I love it, man. Like like I said, I'm a massive nerd, and uh, I love um, like I've always been interested in kind of social social psychology and um, kind of framing an offer in a way that's non invasive, but also um, pretty much framing an offer in a way that's non invasive, but actually is useful to the to the target audience. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to to do any type of marketing and advertising. You know, give someone an offer that they actually want. Don't yes. try and shove product down their throat. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, in today's day and age, like, um, you know, we're both big fans of Gary Vee and you've met Gary Vee. That's awesome. We'll talk about that in a sec. But um, it's always about nowadays marketing. It's not push, push, push. Here's my product. You have to provide value around the topic that your target audience is interested in and give them a reason. Like you've got to solve their problems. It's not about saying, here's my product, buy it. It's here's what my product can do for you. Here's how it could change your life, so to speak. And and that's the tact with marketing these days. Do you reckon that's true? 100%, 100%. And yeah, yeah I think you nailed it on the head. And also like it's, I think marketing, it's, I think marketing's always been like this, but it's just becoming more and more prevalent and more and more needed because I feel like, a collective bullshit radar as a society towards marketing and advertising is like a at an all-time high right like yeah we uh, we as consumers we're at this stage where you know we're all pretty savvy we're all pretty educated and we can smell like a you know an agenda especially on digital like a mile away yeah um and i feel like and i think it's good that marketing is going in this direction not the fact that there's an oversaturation um of messaging and advertising but the fact that the fact that the consumers aren't interested in a really shitty sales pitch anymore or, you know, like I like to call it the buy my shit approach yep. um, is actually leading to a lot more upfront value and a lot more problems being solved before any actual like financial payment from the customer uh, is actually happening. And I think if you can build a campaign and build your advertising and your marketing around value and making the customer um, feel rewarded before they even give you any money, um, you'll set yourself up to win. Yeah. Great advice. If anybody uh, who has a small business wants to start a small business, um, pause that, go back, listen to that again because that is all you need in order to create awesome marketing. Awesome advice there, mate. Hey, tell us a bit about what it's like to run your own business. Like, you know, what's what's it like in a day-to-day for Paul Ramondo? What do you get up to? <laughs> um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I, yeah. I mean... Like I said, I'm a massive nerd and I, I love what I do. Absolutely love what I do. But yeah. I also, um, I also uh, to put it frankly, I just, I work, I work my dick off. Like I work really, really hard. Like I work every single day. Um, I, last week I did 72 hours and that's not uncommon. <laughs> I usually average around 60, 65 hours a week. Yeah. I'm up at about 
I set my alarm for 4.42 every morning and I'm usually in the office by about 5, 5.05. And I will, it's not uncommon for me to work 14, 15 hour days. Dedication. So a lot of hard work. That's it, man. That's it. But you know what? Like a lot of, a lot of hard work, but it's super, super rewarding. And I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't enjoy it because I absolutely do and I love it. Yeah. Um, the other thing as well is like it's very rewarding um, being in charge of um, everything that you're doing in terms of being, you know, from being completely fiscally responsible for everything in your life through to having the freedom to yeah. go and pursue and invest in anything that you, any idea that you have, um, you can go and do it. And that's really cool. Like that freedom is what I love the most about it. Like despite that, it's a bit ironic because <laughs> like, it's awesome running a business and it's so it is so much freedom about running your own business and not having to, you know, ask permission to do anything. And there's an amazing amount of freedom in that. But the irony is with that freedom comes the uh well the restriction that well you actually can't just go and take a, you know, two week holiday without yeah, right. um, worrying about what's happening and yeah. um you can't just go and have a sick day without worrying about, you know, who sends you an email because you need to reply to it. So um, yeah, it's, it, I love it. Nonetheless, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Hey mate, um, tell us a little bit about, um, a trip you recently took to, uh, San Diego. Um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't directly to San Diego, but, uh, you went to social media marketing world and Pretz met some pretty awesome people along the way. Tell us a little bit about that trip. Like, and that's a trip that you've been able to take because of your business. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, this actually ties in really nicely with what I was just talking about. So um, I love the fact, you know, working for yourself um, gives you the freedom to kind of just do what you want to do um, and kind of pursue whatever goals that you have um, that you want to pursue. Um, so professionally, I decided uh, at the start of this year that I wanted to go and attend Social Media Marketing World, which for those that don't know, it's like the biggest uh, social media marketing conference in the world in yep. San Diego. Yep. Um, California. And um, I decided I wanted to do that and it was a lot of arming and ahhing and uh, I wasn't actually going to go and then the girlfriend uh, finally convinced me. She was like, Paul, I'm sick of hearing you talk about it. You just <laughs> need to go and do it. Go and buy the ticket. So I bought I bought a ticket to the conference uh, maybe an hour before the um, the price increased. Nice. And uh, because I was traveling so far and I also used to, I used to go to college in the States. I did a year abroad there when I was younger. I was like, it'd be really cool to go to the conference but also make the most out of this trip and what was going to be, you know, a one and a half week trip ended up turning into a five week trip. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, before I went to the conference, I was in San Francisco, um, DC, New York, North Carolina, Boston, and then I was in San Diego. And I basically set up meetings and uh, networked my face off in every single city that I was visiting. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome. Just networking with people that share similar interests and passions um, in a you know in a country that I absolutely adore was really really cool. Seeing my old friends was really really cool. Um, but also, what was really cool was being able to test the proof of concept that I can just run my business from my laptop anywhere in the world. Anywhere in and the world. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. And that, that was something else I was kind of very curious about um, if I was going to be able to actually, you know, do it or not, right? Yeah. And um, I did it and it was, I'm not going to say it wasn't challenging because it was super, super challenging, you know, trying to find places to work, um, trying to balance different time zones. There were a lot of 2 to 3 a.m. Um, phone calls that I would make back when I, you know, yeah. from the States back to Australia to talk to clients. Um, but it was wicked because I was able to be this kind of nomadic business owner, um, 
living my life but still running my business and achieving all my entrepreneurial goals. So it was really cool. Sounds like an absolute experience, mate. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I think I went off tangent a little bit. You were asking about social media marketing world. No, um, no, that that's good. Kind of like, I, I wanted yeah, that background because yeah. um, if uh, if anybody's been following Paul on Snapchat, then you will have seen um, you will have seen him in uh, in America. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was you did look like you were having a lot of fun. But um, yeah, tell us a bit about social media marketing world and um, the people you got to meet there. What was that experience like? Absolutely. So um, I've been to a lot of conferences, like I speak at conferences um, in I've spoke at quite a few conferences in Australia and New Zealand and Southeast Asia. And um, I've honestly, I was blown away by the level of professionalism, organization and uh, value um, that social media marketing world 2016 uh, gave me. It was absolutely insane. Um, yeah. To give you an idea, I think it was about two and a half to 3,000 uh, social media marketers, business owners, and digital marketers uh, descended upon this conference um, at the San Diego Convention Center, which is which is awesome. Um, like the opening drinks night, opening drinks network working night was on an aircraft carrier, which was like just silly. <laughs> yeah, um, that was crazy. And yeah, it was. It was uh, I've always wanted to go on an aircraft carrier. Remember, I used to want to be a pilot when I was a kid. So that was just like you know the six year old inside me was just like, oh, this is so cool. Would have been buzzing. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, I was buzzing. And then I was like nerding out with a bunch of other people that like nerd out about the same thing that I do. So it was, it was really cool being among, uh, you know, peers of mine that share the same passions and same interests. Cause I do love talking about what I do, but a lot of my friends just, just, you know, they, you know, they love listening, but it's just like, okay, Paul, that's enough. You know, just, just, just chill out. <laughs> that's it. That's um, it. I want to find a cat video, mate. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And um, so, yeah, the conference was absolutely amazing. Uh, it was a very pricey uh, conference, especially given the Australian dollar at the moment. So yeah. I got a ticket, which was like 997 US dollars, which worked out to be when the exchange rate when I bought it was around 1450 Aussie dollars. And that was just to get into the conference. Um, but worth every like, cent. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Like hundred, like every single cent. I like, I learned so much. I networked just the networking alone, like uh, was absolutely incredible. Networked with heaps of Australians uh, as well, which was really, really cool. Um, and not to mention like the speak, the, the level of quality of the speakers that uh, presented at social media marketing world was, you know, it was ridiculous. So there was, you know, Chris Ducker, uh, Pat Flynn, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Amy Schumitter, I can't pronounce her last name correctly. I don't want to butcher it, yeah. but sorry, sorry Amy. Schmidhauser. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, just and it was just it, it, like it was a silly amounts of amazing, amazing speakers presenting absolutely incredible content. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I like, like, yeah, I. It was worth every single penny. <laughs> I reckon it sounds like a mate. Awesome, awesome stuff. And um, yeah, also awesome that you've been able to create your own business and it's also a business that you can take anywhere in the world. So again, like that is the dream for most people really, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And like, I mean, like I said earlier, like I do work really, really hard, you know, like the 72 hour uh, week that I just did last week yeah. and I work every day. Yeah. Um, I like, honestly, I could probably get away with working like, yeah, full transparency. I could probably get away with only working maybe 40, a 40 hour week. I reckon I could still run my business quite comfortably, service yeah. my clients to the level that, you know, awesome level of service that they, they expect and yeah. that I provide them from 40 hours a week. But I'm also, you know, so very, very goal driven and orient goal orientated that I'm like, well, I could do that, but then I'm not going to achieve what I want to achieve as fast as I want to achieve it. So 
I put in the extra hours because, you know, I've got all these goals that I'm trying to achieve and if you don't put in the work, then, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Hey, we're just going to quickly shout out everybody who is on the live stream at the moment. I can see that James Chu's jumped on board. We've still got a few James people Chew, there. James my man. Yeah, your James man. Um, so guys, thanks very much for watching. Really do appreciate it. As I said, first time that we're doing a podcast and a live stream at the same time. So this is awesome. Um, and if you have got any questions, guys, on the live stream right now, chuck them in the comment section. Paul and I will hit you up very shortly. Hey, mate, um, let's just quickly head back to um, digital marketing and maybe let's take Facebook ads as a topic. For anybody who's listening in or watching right now, do you have a a quick tip or a quick process that someone can do if they're not too familiar with Facebook advertising? Like, is there somewhere that they can get started, something nice and simple um, that you can share right now? In terms of where you can go to learn about um, yeah, where you you know, the very learn, basics of Facebook ads? Where you can go yeah, to yeah, learn about sure. it. So, and, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, not to self-promo, but um, I've got quite a decent amount of awesome mate, value. It, this, this show, it's the Open for Business podcast, mate. You self-promote as much as you can. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, so I've got a lot of value. Well, that's the case. Um, I've got a lot of value-packed <laughs> content on my, uh, on my website, Um It's all free. Uh, you can just go and read the blogs. Um, a lot of the content doesn't even hide behind a, a gate, so you don't have to provide any um, your email address or anything. There's a lot of uh, the two case studies that I've got up on my site. So one of them was one we referenced earlier with the $16,000 ad spend and $250,000 worth of um, sales in 32 days. There was another case study that I wrote at the end of last year where I did like a, I think it was like a $5,989 ad spend that I turned into 163 grand in 34 days. Well, you know and, what you're doing. <laughs> and um, that's a really cool place to start. But if you want kind of like the you know crash course in Facebook, um, Facebook ads 101, uh, yep. I'd recommend checking out my uh, free video course, which is called Facebook Funnels 101. And um, you can just go to paulramondo.com forward slash Facebook dash funnels dash 101 and uh, you can check it out. Awesome. We're going to have all those links um, in the show notes for this episode, guys. So if you didn't catch that, don't stress. It's in the show notes. It'll be all there for you. And uh, to make it really simple, just paulramundo.com. All right, mate. Can you tell us a little bit about, just before we wrap up, um, do you consider yourself to be an entrepreneur? Like, what do you feel like? Are you a small business owner? Are you an entrepreneur? Like I have, I've got some feedback from people lately that they're saying, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to be an entrepreneur or I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't know whether there's still a little bit of, um, I don't know, people still feel a little bit funny about calling themselves an entrepreneur, but, but what do you think? What do you call yourself? Um, personally, I think the whole conversation that's happening uh, right now around uh, you know, entrepreneur, like quote, entrepreneurship, yeah. quote, entrepreneur. Yep. Um, I think a lot of it's like, I, like, am I an entrepreneur? Like, I mean, if we look at the, for me, for me, this is me just speaking personally, I'm just like, well, like if you look at the definition of entrepreneur, um, someone who kind of is like a small business owner would be synonymous with an entrepreneur. If you are yep. building your own, your own business and you're yep. completely self-employed and you're building something, then yeah, well, you're technically an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, if you're, I know. So in that sense of the word, do I call myself a small business owner or entrepreneur? I like to think myself as both. I'd use the terms interchange, like I interchange the terms. Yes. Um, if anything, it's funny. I've caught myself um, like referring to myself less as an entrepreneur. Like I rarely do it just because I feel like there's just a bit of a stigma at the moment. I think it's just a bit of a hot word. Yeah. Um, yep. 
you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like it's just semantics, like whatever, whatever you want to call yourself. Like if you work for yourself and you're self-employed and that's what you want to do, then that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't call people that are, you know, working in uh, MLMs or, you know, multi-level marketing organizations that uh, are still, you know, working for someone else uh, on the side, um, you know, for like as an employee, that would technically not be like an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I like it. Awesome explanation. That's good. Hey, um, have you got any advice before we wrap up? Have you got any advice for any young people out there who either are trying to start their own thing or maybe they haven't thought about it? I mean, Open for Business is really about sharing the stories of people who have taken that step and they have started their own business. Um, but for anybody out there who's not too sure, or maybe they're stuck in a job that they're really not passionate about, have you got any advice about you know getting over that fear, taking that first step and, and really trying to build some momentum? Hundred percent. Um, so, firstly, I've got a few few thoughts. Firstly, um, the, that fear is uh, never going to go away. Um, like the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing now. When I look back, and like I only I incorporated my um, first company on the 24th of July last year. So, yep. 24th July 2015. I I quit. I started full time in my working for myself on the 10th of September last year. So it okay. hasn't even been a full year year yet, right? Yeah. And I look back now, and I'm like. Oh, why didn't I do this sooner? This yeah, is yeah. silly. Like yeah. the amount of like the snowball effect of um, you know of progress and chunking and just working really, really, really hard. Uh, it's actually it blows my. I still like wake up sometimes or like catch myself, you know, having a bit of a break at lunch. Be like, is this actually all happening? Like, did I? <laughs> I'm, I'm not dreaming. Myself? This is weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like what? what? Like <laughs> this time last year, I was still working for someone else, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not to discount the fact that it's like it's not that doesn't change the fact that like I mean retrospectively I can look back and I'd be like why well, didn't I do this sooner but mm. I remember when I did start I did kind of decide that I was going to do this um, I did what I called like doomsday planning so I literally like was counting the dollars and cents like in you know I was saving for a house um, trying to do the Australian dream thing yep. and I had a bit of money saved away in my ha- uh, for my house. And I was pretty much like, well, that my house fund has now become my kind of like emergency, like if shit hit the fan, yeah. like this is yeah. the money that I'm going to use to literally survive and put a roof over my head. So in my mind, like I was doomsday planning. I was like, how long can I make if shit just goes south and <laughs> like I, for whatever reason, just absolutely fall on my face and fail. Yeah. How long can I try and run the business for without and also survive like no luxuries, just like food and paying rent and electricity and utilities. Yep. How long can I make the business survive? How long can I make that money last for yep. before I have to A, ask my parents to move back in with them and they're lovely people and I love my parents. They would happily <laughs> have me back. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't trying to, not trying to do that. No, not <laughs> um, ideal. And then B, uh, if that, you know, worst case scenario, that was to happen, um, then if I was to you know, have to take out a loan, either, you know, from the bank or from my parents, like how much time did I have? And then when I worked out, you know, I kind of, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that allowed me to be okay with this, like the fear that I felt and it was legit. It's like legit. Like, I, like if you're yeah. listening and like you are thinking, contemplating about starting your own business, like I feel you, I can empathize with yeah. you. Like it's fucking scary, yo. Like yeah. not having a, not having a consistent income coming in every week, like not having someone paying for you for sick days, not having like superannuation, like yeah. it's shit scary. Yeah. And especially if you've got nothing really certain coming in. Um, I could totally feel you. But at the end of the day, like if you can work out 
like one of the best things my, is my dad that actually said this to me. It's probably like it was the pivotal turning point in my head or in my mind and like my like my my heart where I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like it, once yeah. once my dad told me what I'm about to say, like I was like, well, of, of course I'm going to go do this. And he basically said to me, um, Paul, like what is um, what is the worst thing that could happen? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, okay, you go and do this. What is like the 100% like worst case scenario mm. of what can happen? Mm. And I was like, all right, well, the worst thing that could happen would literally be what I just described earlier, like the doomsday. Like that's doomsday to me, right? That's the worst that, ha- that could yeah. happen. And, I, and he was like, well, are you okay with that? And I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> ego, not really. <laughs> do I want to come and live with you? I love Back you, mom, to mom and dad. And but do I want to come... Yeah, do I want to come and live with you? Like I'm a 26-year-old dude, not trying to live with my parents anymore. Um, but I was like, well, I can suck it up, you know, like it means to an end. And the fact that I have that opportunity, like I'm super grateful for. Um, and I mean, money, all the money that I'd save for the house that I was trying to buy, like, I mean, I can get rid of that. And the worst, the worst thing I realized, like once I accepted that that was literally the worst thing that could actually happen to me, I was like, well, shit, like, of course I'm going to go and try and do this. Like, that's nothing. And at the end of the day, like what happens if that, if, if everything, if I give it a shot for like a solid year and a half, one, at least I gave it a, gave it a shot. Yep. Two, I would have learned a lot of lessons, yep. like amazing life lessons in the process. But three, like I'm a very, like if you've got a job and like you've got a long history of work and you're a good worker and you're a good person and you've got skills, like there's nothing stopping you from going and being an employee again. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, that's it. You know, like there's nothing like the fact that you failed or like, you know what? I, th- I challenge everyone listening to go and try because I like, throw yourself in the deep end and you'll, you'll be surprised in terms of how how well you can swim. Um, but, you know, worst case scenario, doomsday happens. And like there's a backup failing, plan. Yeah. Like you failing to be like an entrepreneur or a small business owner, like that doesn't predicate you not being a good employee. Maybe you're a right. better employee than what you were operator, exactly. but at least you tried. Yeah. And I think, I think there'll be a lot of empathy for the prospective employer that might, might hire you again, especially if they're the owner of the business. Mm. Um, if you're going to look for a job and they ask you your story, mm. I think they, you know, being in the same kind of shoes as you, like there'll be mm. a whole new level of respect and empathy. So I don't think you should look at it as a negative thing. I think you should look at it as a really positive thing yeah. above and, all else. And I've heard plenty of stories too, like um, Nathan Chan, for existence, like he went to his boss and said, hey, look, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go do my own thing. And you know what his boss said? No, I don't. His boss said, mate, that's fine. Go do it. Live your dream. If it all falls over, come back. There'll be a job for you. Perfect. So, Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's he it. He had nothing to that's lose. It. Absolutely nothing to lose. And now look at him. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And honestly, one of the, um, I had, uh, I remember when I was younger, I was like, I think 21, I was maybe six months into my first kind of like corporate, unquote, unquote, corporate job. And um, I met with, uh, uh, you know, an, uh, quite a successful um, entrepreneur, small business owner, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I had, co- I was lucky, like I asked him to have coffee for 15 minutes and I just wanted to kind of like just get some life advice, life business advice. And um, I remember I still, I still won't forget this, like to this very day. So he sat down and he was pretty much like, Paul, like, and this is applicable for the Australian citizen listeners, um, that are listening right now, but he's like, Paul, you're an Australian citizen, right? And I was like, well, yeah. He's like, you literally have nothing to be worried about. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, literally like you go start a business. You like get a like, like you get a bunch of loans out. Like if it, even if shit goes South, you're an Australian citizen. And at the end of the day, like the government will pay for you and support you yeah. like, if you can't get any more work. Yeah, like, that, exactly. that, is, that, that is the reality. So ultimately, like the 
you know, the worst case scenario, um, the worst thing that could happen um, in response to my dad's question is like, well, realistically, the worst thing that could happen is I'm totally unemployable and I end up, you know, having to go on Centrelink. Yeah. But that's, and- that's amazing. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, compared to the reality of the rest of the world, that is amazing. And I'm yeah. so grateful to live in a country that allows that. So I think anyone listening at home that's like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, yeah, it's always going to be scary. But remember, like, what's the what's the biggest thing, like the worst thing that could happen to you? And can you accept that? If the answer is yes, it just makes everything else so much easier. Yeah. Well, mate, um, yeah, for anybody that is listening, you've got to be pumped up right now because <laughs> that's a pretty rosy picture. And yeah, that's awesome. That's what we're all about. And um, Australia. Really, <laughs> Australia, mate, that's it. Hey, mate, um, really appreciate your time. Before we wrap up, I've, I can see that there's a couple of questions on the live stream. Do you want me to read a couple out while we're still recording? Please, let's do it. Should we do it? All right, I'll grab the camera. Here we go. All right. We've got hearts, we've got likes, it's all coming across the screen. Really appreciate it, guys. All right, so we're still here. We're on the line with Paul. Say hi, Paul. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) He's there. All right, quick couple of questions. All right, we've got one here from James Chu. James asks, ask Paul about his latest guest on his hashtag IAskAnExpert show. I wonder why he's asking that. (laughs) So... Okay, here's a, here's a fun story for everyone. So James Chu, uh, he's a good mate of mine. Uh, James and I became friends, funnily enough, through a Facebook group. Um, if, you, if, you've, if, you're not, if you're not part of any Facebook groups related to the industry that you're trying to get started in, like I totally recommend doing it because yeah. Facebook groups are like the best, like to connect with like like-minded individuals that are in your niche. Like Facebook groups are a gold mine. They're like very similar to like old school forums, like in you know web web 1.0 and early web 2.0. Um, so James and I met through a Facebook group called Online Creators Launchpad, and um, you know he friended me on Facebook, and we just you know became friends and had a chat, and uh, realized we're both doing similar things, and that kind of uh, and he like lives on the other side of Australia, and that kind of led into like an awesome friendship and business relationship. And um, we got to meet in real life for the first time ever uh, a week or two ago. And um, I had him on a YouTube show that I got called I Ask an Expert yeah. and uh, interviewed him for 35, 45 minutes and talked about marketing and how to create online video content um, regardless of the that you're in. Awesome. All right. Um... Do we have any more questions? Let's have a look. Will Visser says, I need this doomsday plan blueprint. Well, it's all there for the taking, Will. Paul Paul has shared. It's all there on the podcast. You can listen to it over and over again. And uh, what else have we got? 100%. Here? I, mean, I mean, like, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just literally like, <laughs> what is the worst thing that could happen? And are yeah. you able to accept that? And if you can, then you can get on with once you've made that decision, you can get on with it and you can work out, all right, cool. How am I going to test my proof of concept or how am I going to get my first clients or how am I going to get money in the door? Um, once you, I think that's the critical thing. Once you've made that decision, then everything else kind of just snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome advice. All right, mate. That is about a wrap, I think, for this episode. Before we go, how can people best get in touch with you? Um, yeah, so paulramondo.com, which I think we'll uh, link up in the show notes. Certainly um, will. Best way, to, best way to kind of uh, enter my content universe. And um, I'm most active on uh, Facebook and Snapchat uh, these days. So 
add me, friend me on Facebook or like my Facebook page um, and definitely give me an ad on Snapchat, which we'll leave those links below, I guess, as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, big one, guys. Check out Paul's Snapchat. That's where he spends a lot of his time. If you want to see a bit of behind the scenes of Paul, Romando Media, then uh, that's definitely the place to do it. All right, Paul, let's wrap it up, mate. That was awesome fun. We should do it again in the future. Absolutely. Anthony, thank you so much for having me and thanks for the time. I had, had a blast. This was wicked. And yeah, definitely keen to uh, have a chat in the future. Well, there we go, guys. That was Paul Ramondo, and a huge thanks to him for sharing his time, for sharing his story, and for really sharing some inspiration around getting out there, giving it a go, and doing your thing, whatever that might be. Fairly long interview. We're up to the 40-minute mark. So if you've listened all the way through, you are an absolute legend, and uh, we love you for it. Thank you very much. All right, all the links to uh, to Paul, to Paul Ramondo, his Snap code, Everything will be in the show notes for this episode. So if you want to check out more of Paul, you can head to paulramondo.com or head to the show notes for episode 32 and all the links will be there ready and waiting for you. All right, a few big interviews coming up in the next few weeks, team. I've interviewed a guy who's starting his own coffee roasting business. That was an awesome interview. And I've also just recorded an interview with two sisters who live on the Gold Coast and they are absolutely smashing it in the online business, health and happiness and stress-less world. And uh, I've left a few hints recently over social media and Snapchat and different places. So you can find out who that interview was with if you check out social media. That's what it's all about. Guys, thanks very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Each and every one of you, you guys are awesome. Talk to you very soon. Until then, stay motivated, keep working towards your goals, and I'll catch you on the very next episode. Bye for now.